Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres-Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And if you're listening to this in real time, it is November 8th, 2020, and we are waking up with the idea and the reality America has elected our very first woman of color as vice president of these United States. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris officially gave her victory speech along with President-elect Joe Biden last night. And y'all, this is a big deal. We have never before seen a woman of color as a vice president in this country for the first time. We are the first generation that's going to get to call someone Madam Vice President and the fact that Kamala is a black woman and a woman of Indian descent, <sighs> I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling super duper inspired and re-energized that we as women of color can become anything we want to be. We can accomplish anything that we want to accomplish. And we are completely and utterly unstoppable. Today, we're going to be talking about how to stop sabotaging your financial goals and start pursuing financial freedom with Sania Alamin of Financed. Sania is the creator of Financed, 
a debt-free travel and financial freedom blog where she inspires readers to fly financially free. At only 26, Sania has traveled to 28 countries across six continents and is often asked how she affords to travel. Realizing that many of her millennial peers were struggling with managing their money, not building wealth, and yearning to travel without financial barriers, she created Flynanced to answer that call. In her own finances, Sania is on track to become debt-free by the end of 2020 and kickstart her financial independence journey. She seeks to change the narratives for Black millennial women to live life without debt, build generational wealth, and see more of the world on their terms. With a background in financial services and business management, Sania brings tangible and accessible personal finance knowledge to her readers. I cannot wait for you to listen to Sania's story. Her story resonated so much with me because we are both women who really were just like earning good money and spending it like it was going out of style. And at some point, we both had like this come to Jesus moment that made us realize that sometimes the things that we're told look like success on the exterior are not actually what success looks like when we sit down and really think about what our long-term goals are. I love Sinia's conversation because she's talking about something that I'm so passionate about, which is women of color building wealth. Like y'all, we deserve to be wealthy AF, okay? And this conversation is definitely going to motivate you to realize that we are more than capable of building wealth for our families, building generational wealth, achieving financial independence, and getting to live our best financial lives. So I hope you love this conversation. Let's hop into this convo with Sania Alamin of Flynanced. Before we hop into today's episode, I want to remind you that the best way that you can support the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Apple, take a moment to leave us a rating and review. That way people like you can find us too. If you want more community, more inspiration, and more knowledge, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Yo Quiero Dinero Podcast and check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com where you'll find personal finance content, information, and knowledge that will help you get your financial shit together. Sunia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, girlfriend. Ah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is truly an honor, okay? Like, oh, stop it. Narrow co- <laughs> No, seriously. You have become such a a powerful voice in our community. So for for you to have me here means a lot. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And that really like, I think I'm still coming to grips with like the fact that people even give a shit about what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, But I honestly feel like it's the guests and it's people like you and your amazing stories that people ain't tuning in for me. I ain't got nothing to say. Y'all are the ones sharing all this amazing content. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So let's get to know you. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Yes. Hi, everyone. This is Sania Elamine. I'm the creator of Flynance, a debt-free travel and financial freedom blog where I inspire my readers to fly financially free. I'm 26 Mm. years old and in my short life, I've been able to travel to 28 countries across six continents around this beautiful wide world. And I'm often asked how I afford to travel. So I created Flynance to really answer the call, um, you know, a couple years ago, really feeling like, whoa, a lot of my friends don't know anything about managing their money. They're not building wealth. And so many people say that they want to travel, but feel like they have all these financial barriers keeping them from doing so. So 
finance is really my answer to say, hey, you can save for travel, build wealth, and still have other financial goals that travel doesn't have to come at the expense of where you want to take your money and your finances. Um, in 2020, I'm on track to become debt-free this year and pay off woo, <laughs> over $23,000 in debt and really kickstart my financial independence journey. And I really see my purpose being here to change the narratives for Black millennial women like me to live debt-free, right? Debt is so normalized in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of us don't know what it's like to have generational wealth and, and the cushions we can count on. So really changing those narratives and encouraging more women like me to travel, see the world, and and live life without limits. So I'm I'm so excited to be here. Um, my background is in financial services and business management. So I like to bring tangible and accessible personal finance knowledge to my readers and my followers. And I'm based in New York City, so that's me. Girl, you have you got me fired up, and we're like two minutes into this conversation because I'm you were ready. speaking to my soul. Okay, <laughs> we are talking about building wealth. We are talking about financial independence for women of color. I mean, hello, yeah. this is why we exist, y'all. This is why we're right. here. So let's get into finding out more about you because I feel like you know everything that we culminate into in this life. It's a result of our experiences. And we all have relationships with money. I'm sure you do too. So let's talk about that. What was your relationship like with money growing up? Talk me through it. Yeah, of course. So even though I said I'm based in New York City, I actually grew up in Baltimore City, in Baltimore, Maryland, in a lower middle class neighborhood, but really had a safe, comfortable, and loving childhood. My parents made incredible sacrifices that I didn't even know about as a child. Um, And as a result, like I grew up, having a really comfortable life. You know, I grew up in private school. We went on vacations. I had birthday parties every year, like holidays were a big thing in my household and et cetera. Um, So, you know, I really didn't understand truly the financial situation that we were in as a family, right? I just knew that like, you know, I would open my eyes and things would appear, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So as a result, I think I grew up with a very shallow view of money and really didn't understand the consequences of of reckless spending, right? As a young person, it was always like, oh, well, if I get into any money trouble, my parents will fix it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like that was such a slippery slope to be on, especially as a a young Black woman. Uh, But, you know, kind of in hindsight, looking back, I can really see that living beyond our means was very normal in my family. Um, and I think that I carried those ideas into adulthood, right? Um, I grew up kind of, you know, I grew up a layaway kid, right? So anyone who was like, <laughs> shout out to the layaway okay, door. Oh my God. Literally shout out to layaway. And like, yeah. you know, as a kid, I didn't really get what it meant, right? When we would go into stores, we'd go into big department stores and you know, my mom would say, oh, like, we just got to put this on layaway. Like, I would be so annoyed because I would just be like, well, why can't I have the thing now? Or like, why am I trying on this stuff? But then you're like, oh, no, that's for Christmas, right? But what I didn't realize, right, as a child was that uh, my mother was using what she had available to her, whatever credit and, you know, financing she could use to be able to get the things that she wanted to provide to her children. She had to do it in a way that was kind of like, you know, a, a phrase that, you know, maybe Southern black folk may know, but Robin Peter to pay Paul, like that was mm-hmm. something she always <laughs> yeah. said to me. And like, I didn't really ever understand it. Right. So when I got to college, 
that was kind of my wake up call. Like I was forced to see the world differently from literally going through the FAFSA process and having to like enter in like, oh my God, this is what we make as a family, right? Mm -hmm. Like for the first time really seeing those numbers and and starting to realize like what this means. Um, And in college, like I worked multiple student jobs. Um, It was a time in my parents' life where they were really unable to support me. Um, and a lot of times I relied on credit cards to finance my life and the things that I wanted to do. Um, and attending an Ivy league institution, I really started to see that I was not, I was in the have nots. Like, so if they're the have and the have nots, I was definitely in the have nots, right. When I would talk to friends about, you know, Oh, winter break, where are you going? Oh, you know, I'm going to Aspen and we're going to France, (laughs) whatever else. Right. Like, it never really got to me, but it was just so apparent, right? While, you know, meanwhile, here I am like, okay, well, I hope I have a job waiting for me, you know, after when I go back home or else I'm not gonna have any money. So that's going to be a problem. Right. Um, But I knew, you know, in college that I didn't want to continue struggling for the rest of my adult life. And that really motivated me to be strategic about, okay, when I get out of college, I need to flip this into a high paying job. I knew I wanted to make six figures in my early 20s and and really tried to set myself up strategically to get there um, and and really grateful that that I that I did um, and kind of all of this I feel like led me to fire right it was literally one it was like a muggy day I was working full-time in New York City and an article from the cut pops up on my email because I was like on their newsletter or something and it was like I'm retiring at 35 or something. I was just like, whoa, whoa, pause. What is this? (laughs) What is this? I can retire early. Like, how is this a thing? And honestly, that was, that was a light bulb for me around fire, really being able to take all the things that I had experienced as a person, experienced as a young person, now being a full-time adult and seeing, okay, I can be an everyday earner, even a higher earner within my family and my community but really work towards building real wealth. And that really inspired me. And, you know, the rest is history. Yo, shout out to the fire movement. Like they're doing God's work. Okay. (laughs) Doing God's work by just even putting the idea out there that you don't need to slave over a nine to five till you're 67, 70 years old to then retire off of peanuts. Okay. Okay. It's not a vibe. It's not a vibe. It's definitely not a vibe. (laughs) It is definitely not a vibe for me. And I'm so excited about even just more contemporarily, right? What Instagram and social media has been able to do to just show me that there are more than just like bro white guys doing it. Right. Exactly. Right. Because at first when I learned about fire, I was like, I got to learn. I got to be on all these Reddit threads. And what is this? Like, I don't even know what this is. Right. Uh, But then, you know. Social media really opened my eyes that like, okay, no, they're dope women of color, the dope black women, Latina women who are who are doing this and, and showing how even with the things that we may have inherited as people that that we can still pull ourselves out of that um, and build real wealth. So I'm, I'm so excited. That. Yes. Yes. All right. So one thing that you touched on that I thought was super fascinating is this idea that you were like, I need to start making like six figures as like a 20 something, which I don't even think that was in my brain like that. I could even earn that type of money back when I was graduating. So what kind of things did you do to actually make that happen for you? Yeah. So I'll say that throughout college, I was really fortunate to just be like, uh, I call myself like a program kid. Like it was just like, if there was like an opportunity or a program that was like for high achieving, you know, Mm -hmm. minority students, I would sign my ass up for it. Right. So I think that exposed me to a lot of different 
career opportunities, people who just kind of, you know, put ideas in my mind around what was possible, right? Um, So I think one of those things was, one, being really intentional every year of college, my summer breaks, if I didn't have a job, I was hustling to get an internship, right? I was always being really strategic about building up my professional experience early on, right? Um, And I I really didn't give myself a lot of slack in that. So, you know, by the time I graduated, I could say, oh, I've already worked at, you know, Fortune 500 companies. This is, these are the things that I've worked on. These are the types of things that I've managed. And I think that gave me um, a good level of like acumen kind of going into the workforce. And then another thing was uh, really being strategic in terms of graduating with a liberal arts degree and realizing as a college senior, okay, I could, I need more, I felt like I needed more business experience and wasn't sure how to get that. I knew I wanted to work in corporate, um, but, you know, I didn't want to kind of be in roles that were more like soft skills. I didn't want to be like in marketing communications, right? So I knew I had to do something to kind of show that I could be well positioned for more technical or analytical roles. So what I actually did was um, I, uh, decided to pursue a graduate degree that uh, was offered to me as, as part of a full ride fellowship. So again, being strategic, kind of seeing those opportunities and seeing, oh, y'all going to pay for me to get a master's degree? Bet. Okay. Oh, thank and, you. <laughs> right. Okay. Because degrees for the free is a thing, right? <laughs> um, so I think all of those things kind of helps me. And, and along the way, just kind of being very clear about what I want and what I didn't want. I saw myself working and living in New York City even though my graduate program was in North Carolina, I was just like, that's the only thing I'm focused on. If it's not New York, I don't want it. And I just think along the way, just kind of being so strategic, being so intentional with my vision that I have for myself, I think the the stars just honestly align. So um, I think that's how I did it. I love the fact that you touch on vision because it Mm -hmm. is definitely something that I feel like a lot of us just don't sit down and think what would I want my life to look like five, 10, 15 years from now? Like we're kind of going through the motions and just doing shit because people tell us we're supposed to do these things. And it's like, but what do you want? Because what you want and what people are telling you can be completely diverged from each other. And if you don't want to wake up one day and look around and be like, what the fuck is this life? Mm Because I don't know who I am. I don't know what I've been doing. You got to have that vision. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I feel like that's what propels a lot of us, even in this fire movement, right? Like fire Absolutely. is not glamorous. And I think okay. that like, sure ain't, okay? people it sure might, ain't. is not. And people, I think, see the highlight reels on social media and, and see people who, you know, who hit those goals. Like, like shout out to you for achieving a level of fire. Like, okay, I'm clapping for you. In my, Thank you. <laughs> right here. Uh, but yeah, I think that vision is, is incredibly important and just, keeping that center, I think is what powers us forward. Um, and, and I think what drives us when we're doing stuff that is literally so counterculture, it doesn't even make sense. Like, Oh, you're right. You're living below your means. What's that? <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Cause I'm like, it's way more luxurious on Instagram. If I'm paying $10,000 for like a first class ticket to the Maldives, but that $10,000 in my 401k that's going to serve me in ways that that trip, when I take it, because I'm going to take it too, but I'll do it in a way that, A, I'm not putting it on credit cards. I'm not getting into debt. I'm not sacrificing my future self for my current self. Yep. Mm. Totally. All right. 
<laughs> We're going to church today, honey. I don't know okay. what I told you. Okay? We are preaching. <laughs> I'm loving it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about your debt situation. Yes. What was that like as you graduated, start making money? Were you always like frugal? Well, you said when you were growing up, you kind of like didn't really understand the, the true impact of money and, and that. So like, how did that evolve for you? And what was the light bulb moment that made you say, you know what, I got to start doing something different? Yes. Okay. This is such a great question. So I'll just say, I think a lot of people see me and see my brand with finance and think that I've always had it together. And I am here (laughs) to tell you that that is not true. Okay. My debt situation prior to making a change was definitely a result of living beyond my means and, and just having a scarcity mindset around money. Right. I talked about how I got a full ride to get my master's degree, but yet I still found myself taking out over $16,000 in student loans that I didn't really need, but uh, felt like I needed because I wanted money to spend. I wanted to live in like the super luxurious student housing, just like Mm -hmm. all this, all this lifestyle creep, right? That like, again, was so normalized in my in my life and in my family, right? I remember being there being like, should I take out some loans? And, you know, people in my family being like, what's $16,000? Like, that's not even that much. You graduated with no loans from undergrad. Like, you know, pretty much just kind of trying to be like, really, girl? Like, there's so many people with so much more <laughs> debt. Like, just open, just take out the damn loans, right? Um, right. So, you know, to date, that's still one of the biggest financial regrets of my life because when I just think about, even though I really wasn't making a dent uh, until this year in the loans, just just knowing that I had this financial burden that I really didn't even need. Um, so I think it really all started from there, right? Um, you know, living and working full time in New York City, I put myself into over $10,000 in credit card debt from just swiping without thinking, right? Like I'm, I'm telling you, I kind of grew up just expecting someone else to rescue me when it came to my money. So it's just like, oh, I'm not even going to check how much I've been spending. Right. And, you know, just for the first time, kind of being on my own, thinking I had it together, being like, oh, I'm making good money. I can do it until I couldn't do it. Right. And and really the wake up call for me was in 2018 when I had to open up a personal loan as a last resort to pay off those credit cards. Um, but yet I still continue to overspend, right? It just was like, I was in such a vicious cycle of living paycheck to paycheck, living off of credit cards, overspending, um, and really just not taking responsibility for, for my finances. Right. I think I was just in such a weird mental space where I just, I, I just took no responsibility for, for what I was doing to my, my own financial future. Right. Um, so the light bulb moment for me was, you know, just honestly kind of dragging my feet all of 2019 and being like, I know I want to do better. Okay. Like I got to work through some real serious mental blocks on like, why is it that, you know, really identifying what are my spending triggers really for the first time, like rethinking what a budget means to me and not just kind of seeing it as like, oh, I'm depriving myself of something, but like, no, I'm like giving myself a plan for what I'm doing. Um, and I think also just kind of feeling like freeing myself for the first time, like making six figures at a job. I think that also psychologically told me, okay, like, girl, you got to get this together. Like you're making way too much money, right. To like be living paycheck to paycheck. Like this is ridiculous. Right. So like I said, I started off 2020 with 
for the first time, added up all my debt. It was just like, ah, what is this? $23,000 in debt. At that point, I had student loans, credit card lines, and personal loans. And, you know, I just said, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to say that I'm going to do this. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I've never done anything like this. Um, and just for the first time, really trying to work on my spending habits and really just like the negative money narratives that I had, right? Like I always told myself, like I was incapable of saving, that I'd always be in more debt, that I needed to make more money, even as I was making six figures. And, you know, this experience has really just taught me none of that was true. Um, so it's, it's been, it's honestly, this personal finance journey has just been one of, of really getting closer to myself knowing and learning more about myself and um, and really starting to unlearn some of those bad money habits and just like negative self-talk that I think I had like conditioned myself for those two and a half years to believe that were true and that were truly just keeping me from from what I believe is is my higher purpose. So that's yes. it in a nutshell. <laughs> I freaking love that. And I love that you touch on the fact that when you – have that moment because we all have this moment when we're just like we can't keep on this freaking treadmill you just have to start looking within like it's not just about yes. the numbers it's not just about the spending it's this is all controlled by a human that's got shit going on in their brain in their heart in things that they've learned and if you don't acknowledge that it's like you're not going to be successful in anything that you try to do, whether it's like controlling your your debt situation, whether it's trying to like start a new relationship, whether it's trying to do something different in life. Like you got to get real with the shit that's going on within. So I'm really glad that you touched on that. Totally. For me, mindset was, was where it all started, right? I think a lot of people think, oh, when, when I want to pay off debt fast, like, you know, there's some mathematical calculation or some tool that I need. No, it really just starts with like your mindset. And I know for me, you know, I, I was not a person who, you know, I had to take out a bunch of loans to, to get my education or, or other things. Right. I, my unique situation was just, I spent too damn much and, mm -hmm. and I had no sense of control and self-control or restraint when it came to, um, understanding like needs versus wants. So, you're, you're totally right. For me, it had to start with, with my mindset and really working on all the other stuff, all that other baggage that I was carrying and realizing mm -hmm. like this debt is not a shield and I got to let it go. Absolutely. And I can absolutely relate to your story too, in the sense that, you know, when, when I was in my twenties earning more money, I got to my thirties, I was earning six figures and I had convinced myself that I would get out of this cycle of debt if I just made more. And then I'm making six figures and I'm still doing the same shit. I'm still at $10,000 in credit card debt. I'm yeah. still taking 401k loans. I'm still yeah. booking vacations on credit because I don't have the money saved up to do it. Right. And I think at that point when I was just like, bitch, you make too much money for this nonsense. This is yeah. not okay. Yes. I, you know, I had to really like look in the mirror and be like, how much yeah. more do you need to earn to start being responsible with what you got? Yes. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and I think for me, it, I think it helped that I started learning about fire at the same time that I was starting to also make more in my corporate job that I think mm -hmm. it was like, wow, this feels so attainable that like I could be on this trajectory to be able to continue 
along a journey of, of just saving a large portion of my income, right? I, I have that privilege to be able to say that that is something that is within my reach. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be able to do that if I keep living this way. And I think that that was, you know, I, again, that's why I say like this, I don't know what divine intervention was going on. <laughs> I truly feel like this is part of my purpose because, right, I just, I, it's so easy that I could have gone through the rest of my 20s not ever having that moment, right? Not ever yeah. having that that light bulb go off and and God knows where I would be financially, right? So yeah. I'm I'm so fortunate that, you know, that everything you just said in terms of, being able to just face the music and say, mm-hmm. it ain't nobody else but you, sis. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I'm curious, what actually like motivated you or inspired you to make a change in how you handled your finances? Yes. For me, it's all about representation. I think mm-hmm. that I needed to see people that looked like me, um, who I felt like I could resonate with their journey before I could even focus on my own, right? So even though like, yeah, I knew that I wasn't shit by like just how much I was spending and just like, (laughs) it's so ridiculous that like, how do you have nothing to show for the fact that you make, you know, as much money as you make? Um, But really one of the first women to inspire me to live debt free was was Carmen Perez of Make Real Sense. Mm, Um, Carmen. I love her so much. Yes, it is. It's so it's so crazy coming full circle how things happen, right? I used to just like follow her as just like an anonymous follower of hers from afar, um, and I'm really happy to say that now she's definitely somebody I feel like in this community I can you know reach out to and and talk to, and definitely is a <laughs> definitely is a IG homegirl of mine. But you know, seeing her accomplish her goal of paying off over fifty seven thousand dollars of debt as a black Latina woman. And, you know, at that point she lived in New York city really showed me that I could do it too. Right. And before Mm -hmm. I found her profile, I can't even remember how I found her profile, but I never saw a black woman besides like, you know, Tiffany of the Bajanista. I never saw someone who looked like me kind of like talk about paying off debt and just, you know, just kind of humbly being like, honestly, this is what it is. Just authentically being like, I've made mistakes. I've done bad things, but here I am, right? And it's so funny that a lot of the things that she was showing me, showing us on like her blog and her Instagram back then were honestly a lot of things that came from like Dave Ramsey's total money makeover, right? Like the cash envelope system and all of this around like truly understanding her wants from her needs. But I think it was just like the fact of seeing her do it. It was just like, oh my God, I can do this too. That Um, matters so much. So much. It matters so much um, that it was just like, okay, I could see 50 million white people do it. But until I saw, you know, a black woman do it, who I felt like had flaws like me, right. And wasn't just, you know, kind of putting off this narrative that like, oh, you know, just get your act together. Right. Right. Um, I think her story really sowed a seed in me. Uh, and I think that's when I started to take seriously that like, okay, I could do this too. I, I gotta, I gotta do this. And, and, you know, like I said, I think also being introduced to the fire community and just, you know, really being inspired by the idea that, you know, I could pass along generational wealth and that it didn't have to be something that was handed to me, but that could really come from me. Um, because I know what, the, you know, cause I know what the, I know what the inverse looks like, right? I, I know what it's like to not get nothing passed down onto you, but, but bills and, and, you know, and, and just kind of feeling like almost that pressure, right? Like I have older parents who 
in a lot of ways see me as their retirement plan. I'm like, oh no, 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 baby. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that when, when I also learned about the FIRE community, um, I, I think I was really just kind of inspired about that as something, as honestly, my next challenge. I think I heard you say that, that you were just like, you always kind of gravitate towards a challenge, maybe on your last oh, live. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. I think that was it for me too. It was just like, oh, say I won't, say I won't save and invest a million dollars. Say I won't Thank do it. You. Okay. Now, now I got to do it. <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> now I have to do it. Right. And, and then it's like, oh, but I could do it passively. Like, I don't have to like read not near chart. I don't have to look at trend lines if I mm-hmm. want to. Right. That's, you know, that's my business, but I can just like <laughs> put money into, you know, in, into securities that are just generally going to trend up like, hello, like it just was, it just was a no brainer for me. So I think, though, I think, you know, seeing people that look like me embark on this journey and then just learning about fire and feeling like this is almost like, is, is this a secret? Like, are there, <laughs> whoa, like how, how is this not a thing that I know about? Right. I think both well, those things. That's the thing we're oh, talking about, right. Is the representation. Okay. Mm. It's like, hello, how the hell are we supposed to know that this is for us if ain't nobody that looks like us doing this shit? Okay. Okay. Not a single person, right? And even to this day, when I kind of tell people like, yeah, you know, fire, 4% withdrawal rate, they're just like, what? 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 Like, it's, it's even still foreign to people that, you know, are like me in their 20s, millennials that like talk about wanting to pass along generational wealth. But I'm just like here's a surefire way and you don't have to like pick stocks or do all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, the work continues. (laughs) So important. And y'all, if you're spending time on social media, you should be learning something. So get off TikTok unless you're learning from people like Delia and the money coach who's teaching you all about fire, like invest the time that you're looking at screens to learn shit. Cause that's literally how I learned about fire. And Mm -hmm. that's how you learned about it. You're reading stuff. I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading books, I'm following people on Instagram, and I'm like, oh my God, it's real. Like, it's not it's just really real. doing this. It's literally Black women, Latinas, people that you maybe don't see on CNBC or mm. Market Watch or CNN talking about this shit. But guess what? It's happening. And the fact that you're talking about it, that I'm talking about it, like, we're normalizing this idea that women of color can also be wealthy as fuck. Yes. <laughs> no, totally. I agree. I, I have to echo that, that it's like, yeah, Instagram can be a mind suck, but it also can truly be a community where you can learn and expand in ways that like, I didn't even know were possible. Right. I had no idea that I would be able to, you know, like it wasn't even that long ago that I learned about all this stuff. And here I am now, like being asked to talk about it, that it's just like, this is incredible. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like I'm here for this. Right. And I love, what I love about fire is that like, it's just like a, it's a system that you follow, live beyond your means and save into, you know, low cause index funds. I mean, that's, that's literally it's, like, it's literally it. two steps, y'all <laughs> don't spend everything you make and what you're not spending invested. That's it. Yes. That's it. Like, it just <laughs> was like almost too off. Like, it was just like, wow, that's, that's all I got to do. Okay. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> yes. It is really that simple y'all. Mm-hmm. So. You decided, you know what? I'm about this life. Now walk me through your debt payoff journey. How did you get started? What was your game plan? How much debt have you paid off? Like, what are we celebrating today? 
Yeah, so today we are celebrating that to date, since January 15, 2020, I've paid off over $16,000 in debt, which is wow. insane. And I am still amazed when when I tell myself that, like, girl, you did that. Like, you, you're doing mm-hmm. that and you did that, right? And and that debt was across student loans, credit cards, and personal loan debt. Um, and honestly, like we talked about, I, I started with that mindset and really for the first time acknowledging and writing down all my debt. Like, mm-hmm. It was truly a wake up call for me because I had never really just kind of added up everything. Like it was just like, yeah, I know I got student loans. Oh yeah. Like I know that I live in this vicious cycle of paying off these credit cards, but like really for the first time sitting down and being like, oh wow. Like <laughs> across all of this, you know, you know, it's real because I, um, I like wrote a blog post about it and just like put it on Instagram. You know it's real when your bestest friend in the whole wide world hits you up like, dang, girl, I didn't even know you was in that much in the hole, right? <laughs> I was literally keeping up, like, this facade that, like, I had my shit together, that, like, everything was fine. Lo and behold, I'm, you know, five figures in debt. Like, no. So it was just, like, for so long I avoided my debt. Like, I just thought it was just going to walk away. So, you know, my game plan was really set around five corporate. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Principles, and I wrote about this on my blog, but really for me, being a a recovering overspender, it was about limiting my credit card spending, tracking as many no-spend days as I could, really tracking my spending for the first time. That was not something that was ever really you know, native, you know, native to me. Like I, yeah. I'm not really a naturally frugal person. Like I said, my household is my household growing up was we robbing Peter to pay Paul. So <laughs> I, what's, what do you mean track my spending? Like down to the cents. It was not something I never did. Right. 
um, really getting comfortable with like budging with cash, realizing that like, okay, I have a trigger around just kind of like seeing plastic and thinking that that means money is available, money to spend, <laughs> you know, and that's not it. Like I, I was literally penny proud with the Steve Harvey credit card. Like if anybody <laughs> watched the Proud family, when she got that credit card and it was just like, spend really me, spend did. me, spend me. Like that was, that was me. It was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then really being intentional about sending, um, windfall money. So just money that I would get either in the form of bonuses, tax refunds, or just anything unexpected that wasn't a part of my normal income, sending that to debt. So all those things combined really helped me. Um, but also in January, I set intentions to attract more money, which, which I was able to do when I was extended an offer in March, right as the world or not the world, but the United States really started to come to grips with how serious uh, the COVID pandemic was. But I actually was extended an offer to increase my salary by 30% um, and move company. So, you know, again, like I I made that sacrifice that I was just like, I have to leave my, you know, this employer where yes, I have a ton of relationship equity and people were literally floored where when I was like the first one out, (laughs) right? Pre-COVID, like this is literally like as New York City was shutting down, I like Mm -hmm. sent in my resignation letter and they were just like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm real, real serious. (laughs) Um, It's the vision though, right? Okay. It's the vision, right? And I I knew that it was going to be a lot harder for me to just get to my goal without having that, that cushion. And, you know, and I'm really happy to say that I, I didn't fall into the traps of lifestyle creep by doing that. Right. That like, you know, if you kind of look at my year in review, you'll see that like around March, April, just like the amount that I was able to send to debt really increased because I was, I was truly being intentional, especially in those early days of, of social distancing to just put all that extra money towards, towards my debt. So, you know, I would say I suck mostly to my plans, you know, 2020 has been like, woo, a a challenging year. So (laughs) I definitely have moments where I kind of struggled through some of those core principles, but, um, but I, I, I'm feeling really excited and motivated and confident that I will reach my goal of paying off my remaining, $6,233 $6,233 by New Year's Eve. So that's my goal. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. This this is monumental. Thank you. Thank you. You know <laughs> what it's going to so feel like when you start throwing those thousands of dollars at shit that's not owing somebody money? Like, <sighs> that <laughs> is the level up of leveling up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> to really for the first time in my adult life, say that I don't own nobody no damn thing like yes. nothing okay nothing like <laughs> yeah I'm I'm so excited for that um actually uh you know a quote that I want to shout out a, an account that I like to follow in the fire community frugal to fire mm-hmm. um posted I'm I'm so ready for that asset only life and ooh, yes ooh, you know for me to kind of be walking into a new year really feeling like this is it like this is a new chapter in in kind of my life moving forward is so exciting. This is you flying financially free. Yes. Doesn't it have such a great ring to it? Come on. It really does. (laughs) So let's talk about your travel because I had to pick Mm -hmm. my chin up off the floor when you said that at 26, you've already been to 28 countries across six continents. I'm like, oh my God, hashtag goals. But how do you do this? Because I feel like, you know, a lot of people think like travel has to be this luxury and you don't think so. Like you feel like it should be something if you care about, like you should budget for it and you do budget for it. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. 
So, I mean, let's take a step back, right? I was not always this way, right? I think, Mm -hmm. like what we talked about, we have a lot of commonalities in that for, you know, a long time as I was kind of trudging through my debt, I was traveling often, yes, but I was putting on credit and just kind of Mm -hmm. like literally just keeping up with this vicious cycle, right? Flexing on the gram, but really I didn't have no money for it. It was just like, (laughs) y'all accept American Express or not? So, um, so, you know, coming in 2020, I was very intentional and actually one of my first posts that I posted in, in the year, um, I said, you know, very boldly, like I am going to travel to four countries on cash and I'm going to become debt free. Right. So that was my vision, right? We keep talking about vision, but that was my vision for 2020, my 2020 vision. Um, so this year was really the first time that I was super intentional with creating a travel fund. And and that has really been a game changer for me. So what a travel fund is, is simply a savings account or checking account uh, that is separate from the rest of my uh, money, just one of the accounts that I manage as part of my financial plan, but it's specific for my travel related expenses. So mm-hmm. anytime that I want to buy an airline, you know, air, air ticket, I'm doing a group trip and I need to, you know, put in my contribution towards the house or, you know, souvenirs, wardrobe, anything that's kind of related to travel. I am intentional about planning ahead, determining what's an amount, a comfortable amount that I want to save, giving myself like, you know, several months to save towards that goal, and then being intentional about pulling the money from that account. Um, so, you know, like I was, I was really about to do that. Like I I really had all intentions on, on doing that actually, you know, kind of uh, right until May or so I had saved about $6,000 towards travel, right? Because I was, I had plans to go to Morocco and Barbados and Curacao. Like I, I had a jam packed year. So I thought ahead of me. Um, so, you know, I was really excited to be able to, for the first time, really, um, have that freedom of being able to say, yes, I'm I'm here, but I am also here debt-free, um, which is really exciting. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, aside from that, it's really just being intentional about the ways in which, like, I hack to find deals. So, you know, that's just kind of having that Rolodex of different sites and apps that I look to for traveling, um, for travel savings, right? So everything from subscribing to ch- uh, Scott's Cheap Flights, of which I'm an affiliate, um, they send a pretty much a daily newsletter to your email of of really premium deals um, across different airlines to places around the world. So I, I love just kind of being able to kind of get those deals sent directly to me. And I don't even have to look for them. Right. Um, awesome. And then another thing that's kind of that's actually been really helpful for me um, just in terms of rethinking saving for travel. It's also just being open to group travel. So a lot of times when I've gone on group travel, um, group trips, like what's been great about it is that they often give you the option to pay in installments essentially, right? But like, they're not charging you interest. But what's mm-hmm. great about that for from my perspective was that I was always able to kind of like set a far enough goal, know that I'm working towards a destination or a trip, um, but that like, okay, I can save for this like monthly. Like I don't just have to kind of like, impulsively just kind of put something on my card and not have a plan for how I'm going to pay it. Um, So those have been some of the ways that I've been able to travel um, often, especially as an adult. 
Yeah, I love that. And I definitely do the same thing. I have a travel account because I was like you, I was putting all my trips on credit. I'm like, I'll pay for this when I get back. And I'm then I'm booking a trip while I'm on the trip. So then yes. I got two more debts to pay. And it's just like, yo, but you know what's funny? I feel like as I have gotten way more intentional about like my vision again, I don't feel the need to travel as much because I came to the realization that I was using travel as a way to cope with a really shitty job and like just life that I wasn't enjoying. So it was almost like an escape, like a drug. Ooh. Okay. You better That's speak some soul on, okay? searching shit. <laughs> that, you better speak on that. Okay. And it's so yes. funny that you say that because I really feel like I'm coming into that space as well, right? Even as I kind of think about 2021, right? And a lot of people are starting to ask me like, oh, where are you going? Like, whatever. And it's just like, wow, for the first time, like, I really don't like have as many ambitious goals to like see 50 million countries. Like, obviously, yes, Mm -hmm. travel is always going to be something that gives me personal fulfillment. But I think for the first time in my life, I'm also just like, I'm actually like really excited to kind of just like stay back and like continue building my business, building my brand. Um, But wow, what you just said, like was really hit the nail on the head. Because when I think about even like in 2018, 2019, where I was just like, I was literally taking monthly trips, whether that was domestically or abroad, like I truly was running away from myself. Like I was running Mm -hmm. away from the problems that I didn't want to address um, in my own self and my mental health and my emotional health. Right. And that, you know, you don't have to think about those things when you always run in to get to another trip, you run into another destination. So I, I think that is, that is very profound. Right. And that's not to say that I probably will take about four trips next year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Realistic. But, um, but I think it's the, for the first time in my life that I'm also just like, yeah, actually, you know, I could sit out a few of these. Because you're going into it with a different mindset. It's not like you need to escape. It's not, you know, like I used to have so much anxiety and so much expectation for a trip because I felt like I needed it to justify why I was killing myself at this job that I hated and Mm -hmm. why I didn't enjoy my life. So there was like so much expectation built on the trip. And if it wasn't perfect, if something happened, it's like, shit, now I got to book another one because that one's going to be the one that fixes everything. And at some point it's like, yo, like you're causing yourself even more anxiety because now you're like spending money you don't have, setting up expectations that are unrealistic. And you're not even there to like really enjoy the experience. You're just there using it as a distraction. Right. Yeah. Yo, we're doing like soul work here today. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right. So let's continue along that theme because I love this concept of financial self-care and I recently wrote about it on the blog. So I'm curious, what does financial self-care mean to you and how does travel play into your financial goals? Yeah, financial self-care for me has definitely evolved. And I would say now it looks like the deliberate actions of managing my finances so that my mental, physical, emotional, and financial health are all aligned, right? So, mm-hmm. so much of what we talked about is that the, you know, bad money habits that I picked up and kind of continued for years as an adult were really because I wasn't taking stock of how I felt, right? About like myself, about like my place in this world, about like what I was doing, right? Um, And I think honestly, before kind of starting to show up authentically for myself through finance, I think I really struggled with like, 
what the hell am I doing? Right. Like I, Mm -hmm. I don't just want to work this corporate job. I feel like there's more that I want to give to the world. I feel like I'm getting anxious because I know that there's something else I want to be doing, but like I haven't done it. Right. I mean, we can even talk about for two years, I sat on the idea of finance, right? Like Mm. literally, like I was talking about starting this, talking about this stuff in 2018, but I was so paralyzed by fear because I knew I wasn't taking care of my own finances that it was just like, well, how can I even talk about any of this stuff when I'm a hypocrite, right? How can I talk Mm -hmm. about anything related to, you know, traveling and being successful when I don't feel like success, I feel like a failure, right? So, Mm -hmm. woo, it was like some deep shit. Literally, like I have text messages from friends from 2018 where like a friend actually gave me the name for finance. And that was like in December, 2018. But when, when did I actually start to really show up for it? 2020. And like, I'm, you know, so fortunate that, you know, it's been so well received and that I've really built this community around it. But I just think about all that time that I spent really not believing myself, having so much self-doubt and all of that I think was related to me avoiding my finances. So financial mm-hmm. self-care for me looks like allowing myself space in my budget to do the things that I love, like travel. Um, it looks like creating systems for myself to avoid my overspending triggers. Um, it looks like having accountability partners like my financial advisor to help me stay on top of my wealth building jo- goals and not feel like I have to do it all alone. Um, And honestly, it really looks like having friends, family, and partners who respect my financial boundaries and don't judge me for them, you know? That's right. Which is tough. Which was tough. And I think especially, I think when I started this year saying, oh, I'm going to become debt-free, especially to my family, I don't think they knew, I don't think they thought I was serious about it. I don't know. It was like, really? Or even when I was like talking about finance, right? I think they also have come a long ways away from like at the beginning of the year when I was just like, oh, I want you to read a new article I put out. And they would be like, oh my God, why are you putting all of your business Mm -hmm. out there? Like Mm -hmm. people need to know all that. And I'm just like, yeah, they do. Like, this is my story. People need to know this. And like, nobody is going to come knocking down the door looking for me. Trust me, I'm not that hard to find. (laughs) Find me another Sunil Alameen and... Okay. So, um, so yeah, I think all of those things were part of my financial self-care. Um, and you know, travel is just something that gives me so much personal fulfillment. So I really have started to see travel as a financial goal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that saving for travel is a non-negotiable for me. Right. Even as I pursue fire, I know that I will always have a sinking fund for travel and even for long-term travel, because I definitely see myself in the next three years, taking a sabbatical or longer to, to really be able to travel and, and take that leap of faith with, with my business. Right. Um, so, you know, for so long, like, like we talked about, I didn't financially prioritize travel. So sometimes I would feel guilty. Um, but now I'm really excited to say that I can fly financially free of debt and, and those, that guilt and shame that I carried for so long around wanting to travel more, but not feeling like, it was part of my financial plan. So I hope through finance to show other people that travel and smart financial goals do not have to be mutually exclusive. Yes. Yes. Yes to all of this. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to know, as someone who is killing the game right now, you are in control of your finances in a way 
that you have not been in the past, what advice would you give to somebody that was in, you know, old Cinea's position where it's just like, oh my God, I want to get my shit together, but I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So my advice, I feel like I have three points of advice for someone just getting started. I think first is just around self-education, right? Educating yourself through books, media, incredible blog sources, like what we talked about, right? You can use Instagram to be a mind suck, or you can use it to get connected with ideas that are going to challenge and and really kind of lead you to to new possibilities. So for example, I'm reading I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi, and it is incredible. Wow. I think I'm literally just going to, I think this is the only gift I'm going to give for Christmas this year. I'm just giving it to everybody. <laughs> You get a book. You get a book. Okay. Um, so I would highly recommend this to anyone who wants to start on their journey um, to read this book. I've learned so much in this journey, just kind of like in piecemeal, but so much of like what I consider to be my plan as I think about building wealth and living debt free. He's really summed up in this book. Um, and then, you know, what, like what we talked about, I find and learn still to this day so much from from other accounts that I find in the hashtag debt free community, hashtag fire community, and now through hashtag black PF community. So, um, you know, it's been great to kind of follow different accounts because, you know, what's great about personal finance is that it is so deeply personal. So mm-hmm. the way you might see things, someone else might see it differently. And I think that's, I think that matters, right? That it's not a one size fits all. It's not a, you know, you got to be on team Susie Orman or team Dave Ramsey, right? It's like, no, actually I can take like bits and pieces from everyone to find a plan that works for me. So that's definitely where it starts. And then I think my second point is around seeking professional help. And I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, I don't need a money coach. I can figure it out myself. Like it's my money. It's my personal finance for so many reasons, which like I get, but it's just like, if you're trying to lose weight, like you would get a personal trainer. If you are a professional athlete, you would have a coach. If you, you know, like yep. in any other space in life, we see it worth an investment to invest in professional health. So, you know, I think sometimes we have to kind of push through those barriers around why we don't think that that's necessary for our finances, because there's really no shame in seeking out counsel early on in your journey, um, especially to just get a framework for setting up your first budget and setting achievable goals, right? And I think this is the point that's crucial though, right? It doesn't mean that you just blindly follow the advice of someone, even if you trust them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you like are working for someone who may be backed by an insurance company, right? At the end of the day, these people have jobs, they get compensated in different ways, right? right? So I don't mean blindly follow advice, like open up insurance policies or accounts. Like, I think that's why it's so important to start with number one, educate yourself first so that you build up your own point of view on how to manage your money, right? And that your coach or advisor is someone there who's there to cheer you on, right? They're not supposed to be there to dictate where your money should go, no matter what charts or illustrations they show you, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. so important. Um, And then I think the third point is just around celebrating your small wins, right? I think sometimes we get so fixated on like the big goal, like paying off all our debt, hitting a thousand dollar net worth, right? Like all of these incredible things. But I think we forget to acknowledge the small wins. Like this week, I'm celebrating the fact that like, I finally cracked the code on how much food I should be buying as like a single <laughs> human being, right? Yes, like, that is a like, big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal, but like, it's a small win, right? So, you know, even just like 
successfully managing your budget for the first time, finding leftover money in a budget, making your first dollar through your side hustle, saving your first hundred dollars in your emergency fund. Like I feel like all of those things are worth celebrating along the way. So, you know, don't forget to do those things. I think it makes the journey so much more enjoyable. So those are my three things. Anything that you would add? Uh, You know what? That's, that is honestly what I would tell people because that's where I started. I really, you know, once I had the mindset shift, then it was a matter of educating myself. Then it's a matter of finding community, which I did among social media and through this podcast. And, And then it's like, yeah, I hired the professional. I have a CFP. I have an accountant. I have people that are working towards this goal. And yes, I do celebrate my small wins. So like, if I want to say, you know what, I made an extra thousand dollar deposit in my brokerage account this week. You know what that means? I'm not making dinner. Okay. (laughs) I'm not making dinner. That's my reward, you know, and it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like I think there's, um, that's the only way you stay motivated during this journey because it's a long-term game. It's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be a millionaire. It's deliberate, actionable, consistent choices to get to that point. And if it just feels like torture the whole time, you're never going to get there. I agree. Totally All right. Agree. So I want to talk about fire. So okay. what does your fire journey look like once you're debt free? Like what's your plan? Yeah. So my plan in terms of building wealth quickly is I really want to, for the first time, achieve like a 50% year, you know, for the year savings rate. So mm-hmm. um, I know that that may fluctuate a bit. Um, I'm expecting probably to save a bit more in the beginning of the year, especially like as I get a bonus and different things. Um, but that's really key. I think in terms of accounts, I'm really for the first time in my life going to be intentional about maxing out all of my tax advantage accounts. So I have an employer sponsored 401k. I have a Roth IRA through Vanguard, um, which I'm probably at the upper limits of like qualifying for. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have uh, a health savings account because I have a high deductible um, insurance plan. So my goal is to max out all of those accounts up to um, the contribution limits relative to my income. And then from there, any extra money, I'm really going to be intentional about um, putting that into other uh, accounts that are going to just like give me broad base exposure to the to the stock markets, right? I, I'm fully believer, full believer in index funds. I buy a lot of Vanguard total stocks, um, total stock market fund in my Roth IRA and also in my health savings account. Um, but I'm also really excited about getting into, you know, just kind of being more intentional about investing in, in dividend paying uh, companies, like really building up like my dividend income beyond just like the the indices that I'm invested in. And I'm also really excited about like learning more about REITs, real estate investment trusts, mm-hmm. um, as kind of like dabbling in, in real estate. But, um, <clears throat> you know, so if I, when I am successful in investing 50 or so percent of my income by the end of next year, I should be hitting um, $100,000 net worth. So fingers crossed on that. Um, and then from there, it's just about, you know, buying and holding and really living below my means. Um, but kind of my, my big goal is to hit a million dollar net worth this decade. So by 2030, um, that that's definitely something that I feel like is, is it's definitely going to be a challenge, but I feel like it's, it's attainable. And, and I think also scaling my business. So I'm really excited to follow in your footsteps, right. To see how you have been able to 
to grow um, your business, even in the last, what, 18 months? It's um, wild. It's been crazy. <laughs> so I think I'm also just inspired to do that as well, right? Because I think the more that I can scale my side hustles and my businesses, uh, the more that I can also just pump more money into the markets and grow Absolutely. my net worth. So, uh, yes. So that's how I'm thinking about it. I love it. That is a great plan. And yes, I was about to say, yes, girl, you're going to have the LLC. You're going to start taking advantage of employer type of retirement accounts. You're going to have your solo 401k. You'll be maxing that out too. And yes, just making that money. And I think this is what's so important about FIRE. Like, Guys, when you're thinking about FIRE and you're thinking about being financially independent and early retired, quote unquote, even though like retirement is a very subjective thing, mm-hmm. you got to start building like what you're going to do when you don't have to work anymore, right? So your business is right. something that you're building that you're probably going to keep doing even after you're financially independent because you're passionate about it. Right. And so now's the time where you are you can take money from your W-2 job invest that into this business so that you have this cash engine for you working along with the stock market, along with any other investments. Like that's super powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And then I think from there, it's just kind of being open to different things, right? I'm just, I'm so excited to kind of just get to a place where I'm no longer kind of like, uh, you know, feeling chained by my scarcity mindset, right? So it's mm. like, yeah, like, I want to like own property in Baltimore where I'm from. I want to, you know, like I mentioned, like travel for a year longer. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see more of the continent of Africa, right? I want to achieve being work optional and being able to say, yeah, actually, I'm I'm good on this job, right? Yeah. Um, and then of course, just to, to give back in really tangible ways. Obviously, I definitely see myself giving back in, in the form of, inspiring and educating people through finance, but really being able to kind of put my wealth behind investing in resources, facilities, people, politicians that are really just going to do the work that is going to be required to make just this an equitable future for all of us, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's for me what FIRE is about for me. It's not just about hoarding wealth for myself and my family, but it's about really being a part of a movement of of women of color who have the capital to be able to say, yeah, no, we're not with that. Like, yep. you yeah, know, we, this is how we are going to solve these problems. Right. Um, because we see what the world looks like when, when wealthy white men do it. And that it's not it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not working not it. guys. It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great. And so do you see yourself being financially independent, being fired here in the U.S., or do you see yourself kind of being a digital nomad? Like, what what does that look like for you? I would love to be a digital nomad. I definitely, I am definitely keeping that vision close to me as something that I, I want to achieve. Yeah. Um, like even in my late 20s and early 30s, right? It's it's so funny because when I was in college, it was just like, when I learned about that, it was just like, oh my God, this sounds so cool. How do I do this, right? Um, it's like so funny just to kind of think like how, just how things kind of come full circle, right? Like I remember at one time um, in college, I really... My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, 
Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thought that I wanted to like be like a, um, like a foreign service officer, like just kind of mm-hmm. like working on behalf of the United States. But now I'm just like, mm, <laughs> I'd rather just work for myself and not kind of like be the face of, of, you know, neoliberalism, capitalism all around the world. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so for me, like, I think that that is a big goal that I have for myself in terms of building and scaling finances, really being able to kind of document what it's like to kind of go from, okay, a girl in debt who's just living in New York City to, you know, a powerhouse of a businesswoman who's able to say, yeah, I'm going to embark on this next journey to see more of the world on my terms and travel as fast or as slow as I want because I know that I'm making that internet money. Like all those <laughs> things are, are part of my are part of my vision. But yeah, you know, I, I would love to live in, in more places than just the United States. I think that I would probably will always kind of be close to the United States just because my family's here and I right. um I, I wanna still definitely be a part of my family's life and none of them are kind of with the whole geographical geograph <laughs> yeah they're just not with the moving around as much yeah. as I am so um but yeah you know I I definitely want to see more of the world I want to see more of the the continent of Africa and and just you know not just kind of being limited to to just the places that I've known thus yeah. far that's so super exciting and I literally cannot wait to just continue to follow your journey along this path I'm rooting for you and I'm so excited for you and I'm so thankful for you because I don't think you realize the impact that your voice has in this community it's so important to have women talking about this stuff not just any woman black women okay you are like literally shining this light of hope and possibility in a world that can feel really fucked up and it is fucked up and so I think when we can still be go beyond the day-to-day struggle and, and hope for something to, like better, I think that that's super powerful. Like it gives us a reason to keep fighting. Wow. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm literally tearing up over here. Like this is, this is so beautiful. Just thank you so much. Just because like, yeah, like I said, Y'all, I've been through the ringer, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't want, I hope no one comes away from this episode thinking that, like, I have been someone who's always had it figured out, right? Everything yeah. that I know today, I've learned for myself. Like, I am breaking chains, even with my own family, like, getting them to see wealth for the first time in different ways, you know, encouraging my mother to become debt-free, like, something mm. she's never had in her lifetime, right? saying to our whole family, like, we are going to start a family LLC and we are going to invest in some cash flow and assets. Like, hello, what are we doing? Like, it's just like, so I'm just so thankful to just kind of hear you kind of acknowledge me and just kind of where I'm at because I, I just, you know, sometimes it's, it's so hard and it's so hard even just kind of showing up as an entrepreneur, showing up, knowing that, you know, I got this whole other, 
life that I'm managing in terms of working in corporate America and just having to show up as a black woman in all these spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thank you so much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right. So before we wrap up the interview, I want to know what is your money mantra? My money mantra is I attract abundance in all areas of my life. Mm. Yes. So not just money, but like, yeah, just really pushing past. I think for so long, for so long, I just like made myself small. I made myself small. I like had a scarcity mindset around things, especially as it relates to money. But now I, I know that I can attract abundance and, and that's what I see for myself. Amen to that. All right, Sinia, this conversation has been freaking amazing. So for people that want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where can we find you? Yes, please follow me on Instagram at fly.nance. That's F-L-Y dot N-A-N-C-E-D for travel inspiration and to keep up with my debt-free and fire journey. And for anyone who wants to learn more about how I paid off debt quickly, um, definitely be sure to check out my the links in my bio um, for my debt-free guide and any other courses or classes that, that I'm rolling out at the time. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for having this space where where we can talk about these things unapologetically um, and in a safe space where we can inspire other women to join us. So thank you for all that you do. I hope you absolutely love this conversation with Sinia. I know I can speak for her and myself when I say that we are in this business to normalize the idea of being a wealthy woman of color. We want to normalize things like talking about investing, talking about financial independence, talking about retiring early, talking about saving versus being in debt, just breaking the stigma and breaking the norms. We're trying to challenge the ideas that we've been told are success, right? For us, debt is not something that we should just accept as the norm. Living paycheck to paycheck is not something we're willing to accept as the norm. Us not being in a better place financially than our parents is not what we're going to accept as the norm. And so I hope that this conversation inspires you to think outside the box, to really start asking yourself, what does success look like for you? Does that look like being able to retire your parents? Does that look like being able to retire at 45 versus 65? Does that look like being able to pay for your niece's college education? We got to start thinking bigger. We got to start moving in ways that are going to help us do bigger and better things. And so until next time, guys, I hope you stay inspired. I hope you stay empowered and I hope you stay poderosa. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. 